0: thanks so much for joining Speaking of Making Healthcare Work for You, Different Perspectives and Empowering Solutions. I'm Stephanie Fields, joined by my co-host, Dr. Apoorv Gupta, and today we welcome Mark Cuban, co-founder of Mark Cuban, costplusdrugs.com. Thank you so much for being here, Mark. Thanks for having me. I am so excited to talk about this because pricing is the one thing. I mean, there's many things in healthcare that need help, but pricing is so just all over the place and nothing seems to be tied to data. There's no real reason other than middlemen for why these drugs are so expensive. So tell us, how are you disrupting this industry?
1: I mean, you hit the nail on the head. There's no good reason for prices to be what they are except for the middlemen and those middlemen have become vertically integrated into larger and larger companies, um, which allows them to distort the pricing, be the opposite of transparent, um, be very opaque. And that created an opportunity for us. And, you know, the idea of being able to change the whole methodology of drug pricing in this country was very appealing to me. It's just something that, you know, when you get a chance to have that big an impact on that many people, how could I say no?
0: You launched this in January. It looks like the company was actually founded in 2016, but the pharmacy officially came online in January of this year. Uh You know, and we
1: started working on this, you know, four plus years ago, Dr. Oshmyanski and I, um, based off a cold email that that Alex, Dr. Oshmyanski, sent me, talking about, you know, the problem of, of pricing with drugs, and I was like, asked him a bunch of questions, and I was like, let's go, let's figure this out. Um, And it took us a long time to get all the I's dotted and T's crossed because for good reason, there's a lot of regulation, there's a lot of licensing, there's a lot of things that have to take place before you can start selling drugs to consumers or to businesses or insurance companies or anything. And so we went through that process and it took us um, the good four years until January 19th of
2: 2022 when we launched CostPlusDrugs.com. That's fantastic, Mark. So you mentioned you're 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 obviously not afraid of disrupting the industry. and You're going right after it. But are the middlemen fighting back, and uh, are they? Can they block you from access to certain medications? Is are you worried about that at all? They're not fighting back
1: quite yet. They've talked about it, but they kind of laugh at us because we're relatively small to them compared to them. Um, but we, you know, we've heard some things where some of the manufacturers are concerned that you know they might get dropped from a formulary or might you know there might Get their prices raised. But for the most part, um, you know, the point we've made to the manufacturers and distributors is that look, the manufacturers are, are for most of more often than not um, incorrectly painted as the bad guys when it comes to drug pricing. That, you know, whether it's insulin or whatever it may be, the, the prices that they make available to these middlemen are typically relatively reasonable. Um, it's just what happens next that distorts the pricing and really creates problems for patients. And so we, we, we told them that we're, the, we're their best ally, that my platform is their best ally because they've been so um, incorrectly painted um, as being the cause of this problem. And with my platform, I'm more than happy, just like I'm doing right now, to, to say otherwise.
0: Because right now you mark up, it's the wholesale price plus 15% plus a $3 pharmacy fee, and then typically a $5 shipping fee. Correct. Is that correct?
1: Correct. So whatever we pay, we show you right on the site. So whatever the drug happens to be, um, you can go look it up and you'll see our cost. You'll see the 15% markup, and then you'll see the $3 um, true pill pharmacy handling fee and then the $5 shipping and the good news is, it's almost always the lowest price available. And the better news is, it's almost always cheaper than most um, people's copays.
2: That's just unbelievable, Mark. So, so I, I went to the site and I saw you have like a hundred plus drugs already available. Uh, most of those appeared to me like they were generics. So, are right. you planning to do the same thing with brand name drugs too? Is that the same equation? Yes, we're in negotiations
1: with a lot of manufacturers of brand name drugs, distributors of brand name drugs. Um, The goal is to be approaching 2000 drugs by the end of this year.
0: Wow. And then you also have a factory that you broke ground on. And so how do things change with that? Because you have this partnership with TruePill. Will you still be using them or are you able to then become completely self-sustaining once this factory is open?
1: No, you know, the the approach with the factory that we're building in in the Deep Bellum section of Dallas um, is that we want to be able to do injectables and drugs that typically um, have shortages and that are hard to come by and make them not only available to patients, but just as importantly, available to hospitals. Because what happens often is that there are shortages or the pricing when there are shortages just gets inflated significantly. So we intentionally chose drugs that to make first that um, are that we think we can have the greatest impact, not only on pricing, but on equity. Meaning, you know, the people who had the hardest time getting important drugs will be able to get them. And then the, the plan is also very expandable and, and it's driven by robotics. And so we'll also be able to extend it so that you know we'll be able to make you know a year's worth of of supply for ourselves, then you then change it over to another drug and then another drug, then another drug, and then rinse and repeat.
2: So, Mark, will those drugs then be only available to your pharmacy or will you actually be? Uh, no, we'll sell them to everybody. We'll sell them, wow.
1: you know, yeah. So, we, we'll, you know, we have our own PBM and we'll sell to insurance companies. We'll sell to self-insured companies. We'll sell to unions. We'll sell to teachers unions. Everybody and anybody. We're not, you know, we're not trying to limit this. We're trying to have an impact.
2: Was there something, Mark, about healthcare that made you say, you know what, this is the opportunity I'm going to go after it? You know, do you any personal story in that regard that made you particularly think, hey, this is it? You know, my opportunity.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, we all have personal stories, you know, in our lives. Um, but really, what led me to really diving in on healthcare was when there was discussion of ending the ACA, and I was talking to people in Texas who were Republicans, and I was like, what are you going to replace it with? And nobody had an answer. And it was just like, let's just get rid of the ACA and we'll figure it out later, which obviously is ridiculous. And so I started digging in into the nuances of healthcare and healthcare pricing, funded some studies in terms of um, cost, cost administration, administration of contracts, the compare. I did you know, one study that's ongoing. I asked a simple question. I said, look, in Toronto, the real estate, the real estate in downtown Toronto is more expensive than in downtown New York. The doctors get paid the same. The nurses get paid a little bit more in Canada. Band-aids cost the same. Beds cost the same, et cetera. For the 35 top procedures, you know, a hospital in Canada can charge less than, than we charge for Medicare. And that made no sense to me. And so I started digging in and really understanding how costs work, not just on the pharmacy side, but also on the um, hospital side and the provider side. And then as I started talking to Dr. Oshmyanski. Um, I brought up the the case of um, the pharma bro. And it was like, well, if he can increase prices by 7,500%, then there must be an opportunity for us to reduce prices just as significantly to get closer to cost and just be be just as disruptive only without the greed. And that also led to um, us really digging in and really was the impetus for us starting costplusdrugs.com.
2: Wow. So, Mark, one, one question I have for you then is that you know, there's a lot of talk these days about price transparency in this country, and I just wonder what you based on what you found with Canada, is there just greater price transparency there versus here? Is that part of what's leading? To- yeah, I mean, one of the studies
1: I wanted to do was to go to all the top hospitals across the United States and just ask them how they do their cost accounting. Nobody would participate. Nobody. And, you know, when you read you know, I turned to somewhat of a hospital geek or as a a healthcare geek and, you know, and when you read some of the MedPAC um, transcripts where they, you know, when they have to make decisions on how they're gonna do increases of pricing from benchmarks and the like, um, you start realizing that they don't really have a foundation in understanding the costs that providers have, and then when you go to some of the conferences and you talk to providers, they don't even truly know what their costs are. They're just on a mission to get bigger, you know, and that isn't in congruence with having low cost um, provisioning of healthcare. Um, and so all these things just just came together and really got me interested in pricing across the board.
0: You're completely doing something totally different than everybody else's. So there's all these other companies, you know, Walgreens has their online thing and CVS and Amazon has a pharmacy. What makes you different? Why should people go to you now? It seems obvious because the pricing is clear, but you're still, when you're competing against Amazon, how do you get people to realize Amazon's not always better? It's great for two day shipping on some things, but not on your drugs.
1: Yeah, when you run with the elephants, there's the quick and the dead, (laughs) you know, and so we have to be very agile, and the good news is, and one of the reasons we're able to do this is, you know, when people have illnesses, they tend to um, participate in the same communities, those with, you know, leukemia or whatever form of cancer or whatever illness they may have, and when you provide a drug at a lower cost than their Medicare, or their deductible, or, you know, their, their copay, they tend to all speak to each other and that creates unique opportunities and makes it very viral. And that's what's happened with us. So we don't spend any money on marketing. We don't spend any money on advertising. It's not, you don't have to be a prime member. You don't have to be, you know, have insurance. Um, you don't have to have a discount card. You don't have to pay a membership to, you know, to find out where your discard count card, you know, and you don't have to wonder which Walgreens or CVS you're gonna to go to today to get to the lowest price. It is always just consistent and transparent. And when you simplify and offer the lowest cost, people tend to tell each other. And so to answer your question, that's our secret sauce. It's just very simple, very transparent and nobody else is willing to offer it. And then there's a second part to that as well, know there's a lot of companies that have done a good job of helping using discount cards to help patients find lower cost options but they're part of the system they're not outside the system you know they work with pbms and it's kind of a gaming of the system but you know their mission is still as a public company or they still have an obligation to shareholders i'm the only investor i put up all the money I'm willing to eat a lot of money because this, you know, we hope this to be a game changer. Knock on wood.
0: Have you heard from any people who have used this and it's just completely transformed their lives? Yeah. They're able to comply with medication, get the medication, and start taking it.
1: Oh, yeah, all day, every day, you know, between emails, and I'll tweet a bunch of them on or retweet a bunch of them on Twitter um, or LinkedIn where people are like, you know, in tears or crying or upset or. You know that they don't have to ration their medication. They don't have to make you know a choice between you know eating or paying their rent or whatever it may be. And you know, just examples of people paying thousand dollars a month, you know, from for a drug that we have for $30 or $6. It's just insane, you know, but it's not an efficient market and you can't expect, you know, a 70 or anybody for that matter to all of a sudden you know, be the ultimate consumer. And even though you can you can do a search for lowest price on, you know, fill in the drug on, on Google or elsewhere, it's still difficult then to follow through on all the items you have to do just to get that lowest price. So we, we want it to be very, very simple. You go to costplusdrugs.com, you set up an account, it's free. You answer the traditional questions so we can look for conflicts and contraindicators um, and check that and, or have the pharmacist check that, And then, um, you know, you see the price, you see the cost and we then give you a fax number or phone number or email most likely to send the RX. We take the RX, you place an order, that's it, it shows up.
0: My dad was definitely one of the people that could have used this. Unfortunately, he died a number of years back but he was diabetic, took insulin and all kinds of other things. And one day he dropped his insulin in soap water. I don't even know how that happened, but it did. And he didn't want to tell anybody that he didn't have it. I guess he was embarrassed to tell that story. So he just wasn't taking it. He was rationing it, like you said, because he couldn't afford to get more. And nobody should ever have to be in that situation, which is why companies like yours are so important.
1: Yeah, it's horrific.
0: I mean, it's unbelievable. And, you know, it's like, you don't think that's like, it sounds like something that would happen, you know, to somebody you don't know, like that's a story you read about, but like, that was my dad. And I was like, what do you mean you dropped that in the sink? How did the, why didn't you tell anybody, you know, like, you no, it's know, like it's- my mom, we
1: could get my mom before she passed to take her medicine. Right. And just. You know, and just the games you have to play, you know, she had cancer and she needed a PET scan. She was in the hospital and we said, you know, can we just have her while she's here because she's frail? We don't want to have to bring her back. Can We have her do get a PET scan now. And they were like, no, because of insurance and the way it works, you have to bring her back in a week. Well, we, you know, it's just ridiculous. Ridiculous.
2: Taking insurance either, Mark, and you know that's interesting. Is that a strategy you're going to pursue uh, and continue to, or do you think at some point you will start accepting insurance as well?
1: No, we're not opposed to accepting insurance, but they have to adhere to our pricing. And so, the the insurance companies that are vertically integrated with PBMs and uh, retail pharmacy chains, they're not going to work with us. But there, there are a lot like some of the um some some of the mid to Decent-sized insurance companies that just want the lowest-cost drugs and you know aren't happy with the PBMs, the non-vertically integrated PBMs that they have to work with, see us as, as a potentially better alternative. And we're talking about with them about you know in one case I think it's four dollars a month premium and all your drugs are free. You know it's just just because they can cut. We want to work with the insurance companies that align with not only the medical interest of patients, but also the financial interest of patients. And if they're willing to do that, we're more than happy to work with them.
2: I've got a couple of questions for you, Mark, on the strategy side. You know, It's interesting because you're the consummate entrepreneur. And I guess the common wisdom I've heard as an aspiring entrepreneur is don't compete on price. Competing on price is a race to the bottom, yet you're right out front competing purely on price. So how do you reconcile that for a lot of would be entrepreneurs that are listening as to what are they going to learn from you as the uh, entrepreneur mentor for all of us. Well, two things. One, go out and make a few billion dollars,
1: and you won't have to worry about it. You know, <laughs> but two, the beauty <laughs> so, of capitalism is you get to define your own reward. It doesn't necessarily have to be financial. And as an entrepreneur, you know I've been through the grind. I've, I've won and I've lost. I've failed, um, and you know I've reached a level of success where. I can change the rewards that I look for as as an entrepreneur, and in this particular case, disruption is the primary reward. Knowing that you know, if we can scale big enough, to paraphrase Jeff Bezos at Amazon, your margin is my opportunity. And if we can scale big enough, then we'll create profits and we'll be able to reinvest them. But as the only investor, my goal wouldn't be okay. Let me make as much money as I can if we're making money and we're able to invest in new opportunities, that's great, but it's also an
2: opportunity to lower our prices even more. That actually leads to my second question, which you just mentioned, you've talked about disruption. Clearly that's what's motivating you here. Is it your view that you can only disrupt from outside? Uh, you know, And I asked that question, I'll just preface it again by saying, I'm a consultant by day. I work with healthcare industry. We're trying to help make them better from within, You know, what we call care transformation. But you know you, is, what, what's your view on that? Is it, is it ultimately only going to happen by companies like you that come in from the outside? Fortunately, no, not at all.
1: But you've got to be able to break down the traditional barriers of the way things have always been done, particularly for providers. you, know, you can't expect insurance companies to you know, all of a sudden become transparent. You know that's the antithesis of their, their business. But there's no reason you're seeing some providers, some surgery centers, I think it's called an Oklahoma Surgery Center or whatever, who are completely transparent. The challenge is, you know, it's very hard to shop after you've just been in an accident or whatever. And so to, to challenge and disrupt from within, it's about saying, okay, you know, one, when we post our prices, if you're a hospital on your website, it's not in a format that's hard to use, right? You want to really, you know, align yourself with the patients. And two, why shouldn't the hospital be completely transparent? You know, there's a lot of hospitals, providers that, are, that have become part of conglomerates that you know, are owned by private equity. That's a difficult set of circumstances because it's gonna be very difficult for them to align their interests of making money with the interest of a patient of getting the best care possible, hopefully at the lowest possible price. So it's not that it can't happen, but it's going to take somebody who's very disruptive and it's going to take ownership, you know, who says, look, I'm okay if my stock price is not the highest that it possibly could be. And I'm okay if I have complete turnover in shareholders. You know, if you believe in our mission, then come on and take it with us if you want to be a shareholder in a company that is Changing how health, you know, how hospitals provide care and at a, a much lower price. It takes those types of things to disrupt. Otherwise, it's you know, it's always on the margins. You know, here we are. We're gonna. We have this program that allows us to provide this service better. We have that program that allows us to, you know, um, to use social determinants of health to give us better outcomes. You know, we're you know, we're using this capitation program to you know to reduce this cost or to provide broader base of care and all those programs are great and working with those programs to provide better care are great but they still ignore the underlying issue for providers and that is lack of transparency and even worse most providers don't even know their own costs and couldn't assign a cost you know for the the services and procedures they're trying to offer And, you know, when I've thought about doing a hospital, if if this succeeds, if I ever go in that direction, why not make it, you know, completely transparent and, you know, just say all my costs divided by 0.85, divided by the number of services we offer, whatever it may be, right? So that it may be more expensive in some cases because it's not subsidized, it may be less expensive, but it certainly would not be a set of circumstances where you know, there's a blueprint in the CEO's office where the blueprints are in CEO's office to look to build more. To me, anytime you see a hospital adding more buildings, they're not putting customers first or patients first. Now they might argue with that, well, we need to have this new cardiac center. We need to have this new you know, machine that goes ping and that's all potentially true. Um, but in any given city, you don't need five leading cardiac you know, centers, right? or 16 orthopedic centers, you know, that were competing on the wrong elements in my mind.
0: It's interesting when you were saying that about building more buildings. It reminded me of something that Howard Stern said. Whenever he switched to Sirius, he said, "You know, in the traditional radio stations, he said everybody has the offices, and he's like, everywhere I've been, every time I see more offices, I know there's just, you know, mere, more bureaucracy. Nothing more bureaucracy. good ever comes out of, you know, just building more offices." And then uh-huh. the other thing that struck me was, you know, when you're talking about healthcare and the costs and lack of transparency. I mean, it's so similar to buying a car, you know, it's a dance. And, you know, if you're not really fully aware of all of the things you're dealing on, you ultimately have no power because there's no anything. It's just, you're going in blind, trying to figure it out and you have to be skilled. And we can't reasonably in emergency situations, expect people to be doing that. On top
1: and so, of, you're, you're exactly right. But on, even on top of that, you know, if you look at the way insurance is structured relative to providers, you know, they redo their contracts every one, two, three years, which adds a whole new layer of administration and um, uncertainty and it requires more more administrators to, to deal with the contracts, which is why, you know, 21% of what we spend on healthcare in this country is administration. You know, just the simplest things like a standardized contract, a standardized term for all contracts, like in the NBA, all players have the, basically the same contract. There's just some, you know, you change the um, amount guaranteed, you change the, the amount that's earned by the player, but there's standard player contracts. In most industries, they use standard contracts. That I'm aware of, nowhere in healthcare is that the case. So, if you want to come up with something that'll just reduce that administration cost from twenty-one percent to twenty percent, which is billions of dollars, require a standard contract, require a standard term. You know, ding them under the ACA on the medical loss ratio because I understand why they did it that way, and you know, an eighty-five percent and fifteen. Um, but the reality is that means that the interest of the insurers, the payers, and the providers are aligned, but they're not aligned with low cost with the patient because net 15% of a bigger number is a bigger number. And that's the business they're in. And so while it was a nice change from what it was before, um, we still have a long way to go and it's all basic math and transparency. We just, you know, Going back to Dr. Gupta's question, it's hard to change from the inside if when you're inside, you still don't even know your costs. There's still no transparency to the inside. I don't even know if CEOs of hospitals have full transparency and what their costs are.
2: Yeah, they don't, unfortunately. So, So Mark, isn't that ultimately what you were just saying, isn't that also still another version of capitalism at play? and you know let the best insurance company win what's preventing the market from really rewarding those people that get it right versus not i mean there's there's something horribly wrong with the with the market but i'm hoping you as a as a disruptor may have some interesting uh, you know thoughts on that what what is preventing that market from aligning well one is scale right because there
1: are health companies that try to do it on a smaller level and they've been able to raise money and have an impact but if you're covering 100,000 patients that's great for those 100,000 patients but there's still 300 million other people left you know that, that aren't going to participate and so that in and of itself is the biggest challenge and the second is you know most entrepreneurs myself included if you're just you know building your net worth and you get an offer to get acquired you're going to get acquired you know and so you know those companies that may build up to 100, 200, 300 million dollars in premiums, and they get multi-billion-dollar offers. Good chance they're going to say yes. And while it, you know, it may not be by definition antitrust, it certainly is. You know, stubs the toe of of um, the best pricing and best practices.
0: So what are some of the things that people can do? We've talked to some pretty amazing people who have made progress in pricing in their own arena. We talked to a woman who handled benefits for the state of New Jersey and using reverse auction, she actually saved more than a billion dollars, yeah, which is something that everybody can use. But what are some of those other things that if they're not able to you know, invest in a huge company that can make these tremendous strides that you are, is there anything that the normal person can do?
1: yeah you run it. you know wherever impact you have you do it like you're about to go on shark tank and pitch to us you know you want to run it like a normal business and what happens is that you know with lobbying everything you know the incumbent industries do everything possible to prevent that but you know like in new jersey like in maryland like in some other states where they've opened things up or they've, they've set pricing um you know there are significant opportunities but it all starts with transparency you know, and enforcing that transparency. Like if a hospital doesn't show their prices, you know, it's supposed to be a hundred dollars a day, maybe a thousand dollars a day. They don't give a shit about that. You know, that's less than it costs them to deal with it. And so, you know, there's gotta be real enforcement that takes place as well. Um, it's just such a game that gets played and it's such un- so unfortunate, um, you know, hopefully. I don't it's going to be it would be tough just to start hospitals from scratch and have them grow to scale, but you know if you look at Canada right there's a lot of arguments to be made why our system is better but Canada does some basic things. That I think are really smart that in turn could be negotiated to get lower prices from providers, one thing they do is they pay for um, malpractice insurance. comes from the province. You know and that's a huge variable cost that also gives everybody an excuse now you want you want those hospitals to hire as best they can but i think hospitals already don't want to deal with you know doctors who aren't very good right you know maybe we need to do a a database of doctors who have moved from hospital to hospital for you know negative reasons but pain malpractice insurance is one thing they do the other thing they do is all bills are guaranteed now the pricing is set but you know, right now there's a lot of gamesmanship played with charge masters and um, care given for the local community, um, charitable care provided. And so even though if someone walked in and they might charge them a thousand dollars because of the charge master, they're taking $10,000 worth of charitable value. And they're saying it's because they don't get fully reimbursed for everything. Well, you eliminate that game, Just, you know, set the price. And for somebody who walks in and you pay all bills. Now, some of that happens with the ACA and others, but you know, you make that fully available. And the third thing um, that I think is more, just as important, if not more so, most of the beds in Canada are two per room. We don't like that in the United States. And I don't know what percent, I forget, I did know at one point, how many hospital um, rooms have two beds. But I, I know I was in Canada and I had a kidney stone and I was in Toronto. And I waited like everybody else and I had, you know, I had a roommate, you know, when I was going through the whole thing and um, that was fine. I don't care, you know, but you're setting a precedent where, you know, for ex for any hospital of any size, you have to have some percent, 50 percent of your rooms have to have two beds. Now, all of a sudden, their costs drop and they have every opportunity to charge less to the patients that are using you know, beds with roommates. And so those are the types of things that aren't overwhelming, that won't cost us a ton of money and will have significant impact.
2: Wow, Mark, that's uh, unbelievable. You you know, you brought up Canada a few times, so I feel like maybe on my final question, I should go there. You mm-hmm. know, the the, 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 the the it's amazing the results that they get in Canada uh, and ultimately it comes back to the single payer system which so many American capitalists are deathly opposed to. So is this uh, ultimately just a political fight that we're never gonna win or is there a way to disrupt that status quo as well in terms of how do we ultimately get to that I don't know that single
1: payer is the best option in this country simply because, like, I was reading um, Representative Jayapal's, um proposal for um, single payer, and it starts with the, um, the Secretary of Health and Human Services will do A, B, and C. Well, the Secretary of um, HHS changes by administration, and they come and go, and so you really put a lot of power around single payer or lack thereof in one person's hands, and it, it could effectively turn it into a political position. Just like the last administration really did all they could to disable the ACA, you would see someone come in under a not friendly um, um, administration and, and try to disable it. So that's part one. Part two is, it's not right that your tax dollars go to pay for my health care. Now, some people would argue we both should get, all of us, everybody should get the exact same healthcare. And I'm fine with that, but I think it should be a um, a hybrid system, if you will, where that is means tested. So that let's just to pick numbers under, you know, two X of the federal poverty level in the United States, your healthcare is free, right? Above that, and you just pay your normal taxes and everything. Above that, it's on a means-tested basis. So, if you know the federal poverty level is, you know, for a single individual is twenty-five thousand a year, and you make fifty thousand a year, um, or let's just say you make sixty thousand dollars a year, then based off of an indexed means testing, you pay no more than two percent of your income and um, in additional taxes to cover your care. Okay. And then above a certain amount you pay all of it at pure cost at fully encumbered cost this way the people who need it the most that are that are most vulnerable have all their health care paid for and there's also enough interest in offering high-end services to somebody with more income so that if i want concierge medicine okay i can get it and it's worth it to the hospital potentially to invest in that which also gives you a differentiation from canada where you know the United States kind of acts as the the concierge healthcare um, facility for the country of Canada. So I think that kind of um, covers all those bases potentially, because um, you never know until you know, right? The best laid plans, but I, I really think it, it should be indexed so that the people who need it the most it's free, and the, everybody else, up, you know, up to a certain point gets it indexed on a means tested basis and you know, and then anybody can pay direct if you want. So if, you know, the person who's at 10% or is that making $15,000 a year has got a rich uncle or, you know, you know, has got a, a job that has great insurance, right? Because you wouldn't get rid of insurance, you would just have them compete, um, then great. Let them go to the highest end doctor that they can afford um, because you want, you want the incentives for high quality care and technology, et cetera. So you asked. I'm sure you regret asking, but now you know.
2: <laughs> I love it. No, thank you.
0: Well, for my final question, I'm going to bring it back to costplusdrugs.com and find out where you hope that this is going to be in the next five years, and well, how you hope that it might change the face of healthcare. Small question. <laughs> you
1: no, know, first, everybody, you know, listening, go to costplusdrugs.com, sign up for an account, tell us if we carry it, you know. Buy from us if we don't tell us what prescriptions you need, what medications you take, and we'll we'll send you an email the minute we add them. Like I said, we'll, we're looking to add two thousand plus drugs by the end of the year, um, including name brand. Um, but the goal in five years is to be making as many of our own as we can, to be the low cost provider, to have actually lowered our prices so that hopefully we're doing such high volume that instead of cost plus 15, it's cost plus 10. um, And to completely have turned upside down the whole drug pricing mechanism in this country and maybe outside this country as well, so that um, all those vertically integrated companies that have created the distortion have no choice but to respond and to try to match what we do. That makes me a very happy person.
0: Thank you so much for being here and talking all things healthcare and especially all about your company because it's really disrupting the industry, and it's impressive.
1: Well we're trying. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you, Dr. Gupta. Um, and you can follow us on Twitter and all social media at Plus trucks.
0: Well, thank Very you all for watching.
1: You, Mark. Thanks, guys. really appreciate it.
0: We'll talk Bye. to you soon. Bye-bye.